Good morning, everybody. Um, today, we have finally arrived at the end of Daniel. It's been about three and a half months or so. And uh, I hope you haven't felt like the kid that's asking every five minutes, are we there yet? Are we done with Daniel? It's too hard. Um, for myself, it's been a, a challenge and a great joy to um, to remember the Lord and also to see some amazing, uh, to hear about some amazing visions that the Daniel had of the future. And really, um, today, in Daniel chapter 12, we kind of come to uh, the conclusion and fittingly, it is a chapter that focuses on the time of the end. Kind of uh, really caps the, the end and, and zeroes in on what we really need to know the most about the time of the end. This isn't something that uh, gives us all of the details or a grand scheme of what is going to happen in what order? Um, you know, Daniel is actually told in this vision that uh, some of the things that he heard were, were not for him to understand. Um, but at the same time, we are given everything we need to know about the time of the end. We're not in the dark. All of life isn't a surprise. Even though much of the future may be a mystery, God tells us all we need to know about the time of the end. And Daniel chapter 12 contains what is one of the most amazing declarations of the hope of the resurrection. The truth that all people will be raised, the dead will be raised unto judgment. There are only two outcomes. Those who will go into everlasting life, and those who will face everlasting condemnation and the wrath of God. And so it really lays out for us what matters most when it comes to understanding the end of all things. We will stand before the Lord. And for those that have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is an encouragement to see uh, and to know that we, we, we do have unanswered questions. But we can live in the hope of the resurrection. The hope of one day standing in the presence of God. Covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. So I want to read uh, Daniel 12, verses 1 and 2, have on the screen there. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as has never been since there was a nation until that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, every one whose name shall be found written in the book. 
and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. You may recall uh, last week we, we left off with the death of a great ruler, one who would lift himself up to the place of God. And here, chapter 12 opens with the words, at that time, connecting the, the previous events at the end of chapter 11 to what would follow, to the help and the protection of Michael the archangel, a time of trouble like never before, and the time of Israel's deliverance. All of these things which would lead into the glorious hope of the resurrection when Christ returns. And it's interesting to me when I read these verses that Daniel, the first thing he was told is that Michael and the angelic forces there would be at work to protect God's people. The first thing Daniel needed to know about the time of the end was not the great troubles, but the powerful, protecting hand of God, who sends his angels to watch over his people. We may not get to see what goes on behind the scenes very often, but God is always protecting his people, even in the time of the end. The army of the Lord of hosts is real and is active. Just as in the days of Elisha, when Elisha's servant, uh, his eyes were opened by the Lord to see the heavenly hosts that were arrayed in bat for battle. When the troubles of today seem great, we can remember that God is there protecting his people. Lord is our helper. Whom shall I fear? What can man do to me? Said the psalmist. And so there will be a time of great trouble, greater than any before it that is coming. But so is the help that comes from the Lord. And ultimately, this time that is a time of great trouble will turn out to be come a time of great deliverance for the people of God whose names are written in the book of life. It's deliverance that will usher in the resurrection and the judgment. And so for the people of God, this is a time of joy and a time of hope. I was reminded of Paul's words uh, concerning the people of Israel in Romans 11.15, where he says, uh, speaking of the nation of Israel, if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? In other words, when, when Israel had rejected their Messiah, which they did when Jesus came, they, they even put him on a cross. God used their rejection to reconcile people from many nations to himself. 
So God even used their rejection of him so that you and I might be saved. And so Paul then kind of goes on to indicate how much more then on the day when they will accept their Messiah and the dead shall be raised. And so verse 2 tells us that many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. The word many, it is kind of confusing. I mean, I thought everyone, doesn't Revelation say the dead, will small and great, will stand before the judgment? Uh, well, um, the word many in Hebrew actually often does mean it's a way of saying all people. Other people have said it could re refer to a specific group. Perhaps God is referring to those who will go through and perish in the time of great trouble, that, that even they shall be raised. Um, I don't really think it's helpful to read too much into it. Um, the New Testament is clear that all will <laughs> die, and that after that, be raised unto judgment. And as this verse clearly states, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting condemnation. And so either way, even though it's maybe not completely clear, this is really um, one of the clearest references to a literal resurrection in the Old Testament because it makes it so obvious that there are only two outcomes for mankind after death. There is condemnation or there is life. And so, as Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15 tells us, And I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, each of them according to what they had done. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. In the parable of the sheep and the goats, at the end after Jesus says that Toxie separates them, some will go to be with the Lord, and some would endure place of outer darkness. He says, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. In John 5, verses 28 to 29, Jesus said, Do not marvel at this. The hour is coming when all, here we have all, who are in the tombs 
will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And so there are only two outcomes in life, two options, the broad and the narrow way. Broad way that leads to destruction and the narrow way few will find. On the one hand, we have everlasting shame and contempt, this idea of being eternally uh, guilty, pride being laid low in the dirt, being condemned in the sight of God. When we read these passages, the idea of annihilation, the wicked being gone forever and no longer to exist, isn't a biblical option. Those that reject God in this life will endure eternal guilt and wrath from God. And God is just in doing so. And on the other hand, he is merciful. And we have the promise of everlasting life. And that, as Daniel 12, 3 says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. This is a promise for those that have lived their lives to know God, to understand his word. So wisdom is, is to fear God, to know Him. Wisdom comes from Him, it's a gift. And so those who turn to the Lord will shine like the stars. This is not so much a reference to our greatness as it is to a reflection of how, how we Display the light and the glory of God. And notice that wisdom is put into practice. As he talks about those who lead many to righteousness, to a true knowledge of righteousness which is found only in God, who is the source of wisdom and righteousness. And so this is a beautiful promise for all of those who know Christ and who make him known. Promise that is obtained by grace through faith, not of anything that we can do. And so really in these first three verses, we, we have two kinds of people. There are the wise and the wicked. There are those who turn to the Lord, who know the Lord, and those who have rejected Him. There are only two outcomes. The end of all time, when judgment comes. Eternal life, or the second death, which is the lake of fire. Of 
Horses leads us to ask the question, how, how do I have my name written in the book of book, this book of life that Revelation 21:27 describes as the Lamb's book of life? Is according to Revelation 20, which a couple flip a couple back there. We're judged by our we are judged by our works, and the books are opened. But there is another book, and it is only those in that book who shall escape. How do I have my name written in that book? Through Jesus Christ alone. Jesus Christ who is the Lamb. The Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Of whom they sang in Revelation 5 verse 9. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its scrolls. And why was he worthy? For you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. He alone can free us from the curse of the law and the penalty that is the wrath of God. To ransom, to redeem, and to save a people for himself. A verse that I remember often in 2 Corinthians 5.21. You've heard it from me before and you'll hear it again. For our sake, He made Him, that's Christ, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. In Him who took our place, we might become the righteousness of God so that though there is no one who is righteous, not even one, in Him we are saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other name by which we can be saved. This is what really matters when we think about the time of the end. It's that we would know the Lord. Know that all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. For the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. And to, so to, to sum it up, we have seen that we're given what we need to know concerning the time of the end. That God's powerful protecting hand is with His people. That a time of great trouble will become a time of deliverance. Deliverance for those who trust in Jesus who was slain for us so that we might have life in His name. And there are only two outcomes which makes this question of who do I turn to? Who am I leaning on? So important. There is eternal life in Christ or eternal condemnation 
in the lake of fire. Daniel 12, verse 4, we read, Daniel was told, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. To, to shut up was to keep safely until the time that it was needed. To seal has the concept of both authenticating, so this is a, the real deal, and preserving something. And so God has indeed kept safe these words. He has authenticated them and set his seal on them and preserved them for us. But this word that is kept safe is also a word that is hidden from the world. Many will run to and fro. And as Amos 12, uh, 8 verse 12 says, they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. They shall not find it. So many people in this world are looking everywhere for the truth except the word of God. And so though knowledge may increase, and it certainly has, throughout all of time, really. It comes to nothing except to increase our restlessness, the anxiety in our heart. As we read this morning, those whose minds are stayed on the Lord, He will keep in perfect peace. But as it says in Isaiah fifty-seven twenty-one, there is no peace, says my God. For the wicked. This is a picture of the people who reject God and so are driven to seek what God alone can give. It's, it's meaningless. They'll never get there because they're looking in the wrong places. When truth is rejected for lies, we cannot find contentment. We can have no hope. So in this verse, Daniel 12, verse 4, the final vision ends. And again, we are left with this reminder of the wise and the wicked, that those who know the Lord, who make Him known, are those who will have hope in this life. But apart from that, there is no hope. There is only eternal shame and condemnation. And so, in Daniel 12, 5-10, Daniel, having come to the end of the vision, overhears a conversation from the angels, and we'll read, now, verses 5 through 10. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. 
And someone said to the, the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. Then I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And so here, as I said, uh, Daniel, Daniel hears this conversation. He sees this angel raising both hands to heaven and swearing an oath by the one who lives forever, indicating a solemn and a sure answer. But when Daniel asks what this is all about, though he heard it, he, he, he doesn't understand it. He is told that it is not for him to understand its full significance. Instead, he was to go on with his life as before and continue serving the Lord. Daniel was a wise man. He was a man that God greatly loved. But this was not for him or about him was about something future. Daniel's responsibility before God was to go his way. It doesn't mean to do what he wants. Uh, we kind of take, take that phrase that way, but it's a way of saying that he was to continue, to continue to trust in God and serve him as he had throughout his life, as he had been faithful to the God who is faithful to him. So, in the same way, we, we too really aren't given the ability to understand all of the mysteries of the future. We do have other things. We have, for example, the book of Revelation. I heard a fellow say that we have the book of Revelation because Daniel was too difficult to understand. And uh, I just kind of was like, okay, but Revelation's hard to understand. But we have more, right, don't we? And yet, there is much that is a mystery. It's enough to know, really, what verse 10 tells us, that until the time of the end comes, God's people will continue to be purified and refined, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness apart from the grace of God. In life, there are, there are two trajectories. There are two very different paths that you are on, one or the other, and they lead to very different places. Only the grace of God can take a wicked person and make them pure. 
And only the grace of God can keep us from destruction. This is why, like Daniel, our our focus should be to serve the Lord and to lead many to the righteousness that is found in Jesus Christ. There is no greater purpose or calling in life than to, to make Christ known. And to continue to to seek him ourselves. And so ultimately that is our purpose in light of the end. That people would come to, to, to know Christ. To hear of this news that they, they have a choice to make. That they might serve the Lord. Believe on him and have everlasting life. Or turn away to destruction. So we come now to the concluding verses of Daniel. Daniel 12, 11 to 13. And from the time the regular burnt offering is taken away, the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Here again we have our responsibility in light of the hope of the resurrection. It's not to understand it all, it's not to know it all. Daniel didn't, but it is to continue on in the race to win the prize. Our chief task now is to live for the glory of God, to have faith in God, to hope in God, to pray to God. And so the emphasis for us is on endurance to the end. Now we we can endure knowing all that we need to know. The God's protecting hand is upon his people, that deliverance, life is coming for those who believe in the Lord Jesus. Not even death can separate us from the love of God. One commentator wrote, the last word is addressed to Daniel He too must go on, though he was already an old man. You shall rest, in this case is saying that it implies in the grave, as in Isaiah 57, 2. But even though he should rest soon in death, he is reckoned among the wise, who will rise from the dead and enter into an allotted inheritance. Daniel wasn't given to expect that the end of time would come before the end of his own lifetime, and neither are we. But he would experience resurrection life, and in that hope, he could be content. What a wonderful note to end on. The good news that God is in control, 
and that those whose names are written in the book of of life shall rest in life and even in death, and they shall stand one day in the inheritance that God has for us, the end of all time. Ultimately, the whole book of Daniel we have seen as an encouragement for God's people to endure to the end. An end that is glorious and full of hope. We may not know it all. Life even now before the end is full of surprises, things we don't expect, don't understand. But we can live with unanswered questions because we have everything we need to know. Not only will God watch over his people during great troubles, he will also deliver them and raise them up to life everlasting. When the end comes, and as we wait for the time of Christ's return, You must remember that there are only two outcomes in life. Everlasting life or everlasting condemnation. But there is one Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Is that what matters most to us? Is that what we think about? When we think of the time of the end, there will be a judgment. The people need to know the Lord, Jesus Christ, and what he has done on the cross to be saved. It is our calling to continue to the end and to be people who make Christ known. We can also rejoice and have hope in that we know our end is sure and it is far greater than what we deserve. Because we know all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ have life in his name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the book of Daniel that is full of encouragement for us, your people. We thank you for just how you have given us all that we need for life and for godliness. You've given us this reminder of the resurrection and judgment to come. Help us to trust you with the future, to understand that there is nothing that matters more. There's nothing that we need to know more than what Jesus Christ has done to save us from the wrath to come, to know that there is life at the end for those who believe in your name. Lord, let the eyes of our hearts be open to know you and to make you known. Give us grace to live with So many things going on around us, and so many things yet future that we do not understand because we know 
that you are coming back. You are coming to bring life, to bring judgment against all that is ungodly. Help us to endure to the end, to stand and to rest in you. Just pray this in the powerful, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.